0: Moncrief on News Talk.
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
0: Now, though, time for TV on the radio. TV on the radio. Hey, how you doing? Bazinga. Well, I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. One for everybody in the audience. It's going to be legendary. Time just crossed over.
1: It
0: twilight zone oh well look at you i mean seriously do you really think you're pulling this whole thing off the disco sex kitten look at your age you're not fooling anybody with this wait wait hang on is that ugh Zit right in your laugh line, wrinkles and zits. It's a real sexy cocktail you're serving up. Okay, that's uh, physical. Uh, new episodes uh, every Friday on Apple Plus uh, on Apple TV Plus. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. Afternoon, James.
1: Good afternoon. Uh, so physical. What's it about? Physical is an odd one because the way it was advertised and publicised is very different from the show it has transpired to be. So it is a 1981 to 86 set show that was kind of billed as this dramedy look at a Jane Fonda style aerobics video empire right and it stars Rose Byrne who's this Australian actress who is probably I would say much better known for her comedic chops than her dramatic chops mm. just because she's starting in a lot of kind of like bro American comedies and she plays Sheila Rubin who is uh, living in San Diego with her college professor husband and very dissatisfied with her life and we heard there her inner monologue that is pretty much what opens the entire show and if if you thought she sounded like a bit of a doubter there, well, get used to it <laughs> because her 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 inner narrative, narrative appears in every single scene. You know, you cannot escape this very negative in fact, frequently, like, hostile and vicious uh, thought process she is going through. And she is so dissatisfied with her life that she is uh, doing things to her own body that are very, very dangerous and questionable. And certainly, uh, it all makes for stark viewing. And then one day, she discovers aerobics. And kind of what I was expecting when I saw all the publicity for this, because it's all, like, big perms and spandex and, like, upbeat mm. techno hits, Um I was expecting it to be a sort of like companion piece to Glow, the now cancelled glamorous Ladies of Wrestling show on Netflix which was also set in the 80s and had big curls and spandex. But it's not. It is a much darker, meaner, crueler show than that. That was that was about that was about womanhood in the eighties and really in, in you know this century. This is really about kind of all of the worst parts of the nineteen eighties and certainly all of the pressures on housewives to be kind of like absolutely perfect at all times. So it's a little bit lighter on the comedic chops than I was hoping for. That's not to say that there aren't a plenty, well, plenty. There are a couple of laughs, mm. definitely. But it, you need to kind of know what you're going into if you're going to get the most out of this at all. There's a show on Netflix that's recently been uploaded there. It's called i Becoming a God in Central Florida. It has Kirsten Dunstan. It's set in the early 90s and it's about a pyramid scheme. If you've seen that, which is excellent, well worth seeking out, it was supposed to get a second season but lost it due to the pandemic. This is a more of a companion piece to that because it's about this woman trying to, like trying to overcome all of her own personal demons and make something of herself while society is crushing all around her. And certainly it's only half an hour long. <laughs> My all time favourite <laughs> thing of all time. So uh so I, I watched all three of the episodes that are available so far in a row and I liked it and I I, I was much warmer to it than any other criticism I've seen, which has been actually quite cold. But I guess it, I didn't know what I was going into right and and that sort of mm. took me a little bit by surprise so it took me a while to to find its rhythm but when it gets into the bits about aerobics you know it's it's shot in this very kind of hyper stylized way the the soundtrack is fantastic uh it it captures this almost like you know, like quasi-religious sense of of exercise that uh, these women and men found in in aerobics and in in that style of exercise. And certainly I think I'm intrigued to see where it goes, but I guess it's going to be a pretty miserable journey at the same time.
0: Right, OK. And it's really just about her... Because what you've described sounds kind of thin fairly thin plot <laughs> Plot: white woman goes to exercise class. So they're,
1: they're, you, yes but they actually to be honest with you I would say there's almost too much plot going on given the ah. given the very short run time. So we have Sheila and her own personal woes. Into the fray also comes her husband who is this like for, you know I guess wild flower child 1960s Californian who has uh, continued to book the system and immediately gets fired from the college where he works right at the very beginning of the first episode. Ah. And he then decides to run for political office so it's about his attempt to get into the state uh, state house I'm not sure exactly what he's running for and how he comes up against a local developer who is building a mall that is sort of taking away from all of small town America and particularly from like the surfing scene in San Diego where they're living, and then also there is a, a, an actress I've never heard of before named Deirdre Friel. She plays Greta, who is another mother of of the kind of kindergarten set where uh, where Sheila is sending her daughter, who is married to an absolute multi multi millionaire, but is very unhappy with her own body. She's a bit of a larger woman, so it's about her own doubts, despite her her marriage looking comparatively. Blissful compared to <laughs> Sheila's, and how everyone is <laughs> really just about how everyone is miserable yes. line, despite living in gorgeous sunshine and like beach paradise mm. and everything. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, got that. Uh, uh, lots of people texting about Rose Byrne, though. Uh, a lot of people saying she was very good in, in the TV show Damages, that's true, yeah, uh, and and in Mrs. America, she was fantastic oh, yeah. in that, as uh, as time, about. yeah, and I think she was in, in one of the. She was in one of the superhero... One of the Marvel ones. She was somebody in one of the Marvel ones. The the,
1: X-Men. I think she was in one of the X-Men. Oh, she was. She was Moira McTaggart or whatever. Okay, well (laughs) well done.
0: (laughs) Uh, Right, uh, we'll move on to our second uh, show uh, today. It is Murder at the Cottage. You can stream all five episodes on NOW TV. Here's a clip.
1: My name is Jim Sheridan. I'm a storyteller. 20 years ago, this story caught hold of me and it won't let me go. I'm looking for a grave. Sophie's grave. She was born Sophie Bunyall. She died Sophie Toscan de Plantier. This is not the first grave she was buried in. She is buried here. But her spirit lives on in Ireland.
0: That's uh Yes, that's the hardened gumshoe, uh, Jim Sheridan there. A uh, lot of Jim Sheridan in this.
1: Certainly it gets off on the wrong foot, that's what I would say. Now, I've actually finished all five parts um, and it, the first one is the worst in the sense that it does everything wrong that you're just not supposed to do with a true crime podcast or podcast uh, documentary mm. these days in that it makes it all about... Jim, right, as in we start off with Jim. They're the first words we hear in the entire show. I'm Jim Sheridan. This is my investigation into this woman. And then the other thing is it doesn't really, you know, you don't really learn an awful lot more about Sophie Toscan de Blontier that you haven't already seen in the images and videos that, we that you know, are yeah. recycled every few news cycles that they come back up. So it doesn't do a good enough job at really explaining who she is, why you know, what her life was like there there is definitely a lot about her family in later episodes but at no point do i really have a a firm grasp of who sophie was and that's the biggest mistake you can make in this kind of thing i will say it improves as you go on through it right now if people have listened to um the the west cork podcast that was on audible a few years ago to mm. much, much fanfare or if they're you know eagerly awaiting netflix's own version of this story which is coming out in just over a week's time uh, well, I don't know if you're going to get anything new at all, right? Yeah. OK, the only movement that we've got on from the West Coast uh, West Cork podcast, sorry, is that, um, you know, Ian Bailey was tried in France in absentia and found guilty. But I'm, as far as I'm aware, I think West Cork actually did an extra episode to catch up all its listeners on that. So, there's, you know, the problem with all of these kinds of documentaries is do they move the ball along any further, right? What do we as a viewer get? Because, you know, if there had been a kind of like gotcha moment where somebody revealed something or a new culprit was found or a new breaking piece of evidence was discovered or anything like that, uh, we would have heard it. Mm. <laughs> we would have heard it already. There mustn't be a single person in the country who can't, who doesn't know the name Sophie Tascante-Blontier. It is like it just... She, she is this emblematic figure of, yeah. of misjustice in Ireland and, and mystery, right? So what this documentary has to do instead is contextualise and synthesise synthesize and provide new kind of information. And where I found it the most interesting and the most tragic and certainly the most um, like uh, uh, gripping parts of the show were when it interviews uh, Ian Bailey contemporaneously and his his then partner, though they are no longer together, Jules Thomas. And particularly in the fourth episode, there's a segment about Jules' 70th birthday party where Ian is uh, holding court, really. And it is, this sort of like five minute long sequence that is absolutely tragic to watch. I mean, it is it is incredibly sad and uh, I, I don't want to go into it because mm, it would almost yeah. serve as a spoiler, yeah. but it is, you know, it is it is just really whatever has happened, in, you know, it, it, obviously what happened to Sophie is unforgivable and that the that the perpetrator has never been brought to justice is a, a miscarriage of justice but also what has happened in the lives of everyone around the case. I mean, this, this has affected everyone in the case's lives in a different way. But it has almost like rotted their lives to the core as well, yeah, and yeah. it is very, very sad to watch. Yeah, and that. particularly our family. Yes,
0: uh, it, it would seem, even though they did, they withdrew some footage. Yes. but there are, it, so they there are, they do appear. In they it.
1: appear in it in archival interviews. It's not mm. quite clear from which archives these came from, or for what they were originally made. They did record interviews for it, but then when they thought it was too sympathetic to Ian Bailey, they yeah. withdrew. But they're the, fa- the 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 family, the Boonyal family. I think they're much stronger involved in the. Netflix one so yeah, if you want which, their version, which is
0: not so sympathetic to Ian Bailey I I, 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 I'm <laughs> guessing yes right we'll move on to our third show it's called This Country Season 1 is now streaming on the RTE Player good luck with that here's a clip <laughs> basically Mr. Perkins was our old Wilbert teacher and he was a massive yeah b-. he used to be just plain nasty wasn't he Kurtz yeah he always used to say oh carry in, Kurt, and curtain you'll do, do nothing, nothing with your, your lives life. which is a bit rich to be honest coming from him he's now dead Yeah. He's, he's dead. dead, he's dead, he's dead. I think it's disgusting what yous is doing, oh. celebrating a man's death. Shut up, Len, you're boring. Yeah, well, I think it's disgusting you not celebrating the man's death. Charming. Hogwarts is that way, Dumbledore. Idiot, man there you go. <laughs> now obviously this isn't an RTE show. This is, uh... No
1: it's not. It's a, it's a very very successful BBC show that I think has kind of slipped under Irish radars because it, it got its genesis on BBC 3 which we don't have any access to at all. Right. And it started on BBC 3 and became so popular it had like 4 million views on the website that they graduated it for its second season to BBC and it wrapped up with the third season last year. And just because i had never got a chance to start it properly I never caught up with it but it was in my awareness as this thing. And then I was watching um, Taskmaster and Daisy Mae Cooper appeared as a, a contestant. So I got this great fondness for her. That's the actress we heard there. <clears throat> she wrote it with her brother, who is the actor we heard there. She plays Carrie. he plays Curtin. And they're these two disaffected like youths, quote-unquote, in the Cotswolds who are just miserable. Well, a bit miserable and doing nothing and up to nothing. And it's not about anything. Like, I mean, Mm. the episode I watched before I came here is about putting food at the top shelf of the oven. I mean, that is the the entire action. So where it it just soars is this brilliant interplay between the pair of them. They're siblings in real life, so they have this incredible chemistry. Mm. And it's just... Daft, silly observational humour, but it's worth getting in now while you can because they sold it to Fox and it's been remade in the US as a show called um, Welcome to Fatch, and it's going to it's going to be directed by Paul Feig uh, of like Bridesmaids fame's. And in in this show, there's a reverend, uh, like there's you know this old vicar in the town he's going to be played by Sean William Scott who was like a Stifler in the American Pie movies like they're going to make a you know it, it, from the trailer that they've released for this it looks very much like a Parks and Recreation style show right. so if it takes off in the way like The Office took off it could be like an absolute smash hit in the US as well
0: right okay And but it's going to be done in
1: those accents though no no yeah. it's like set in a kind of like Southern American ah right redneck town
0: <laughs> I don't know, because the Cotswolds aspect, aspect was kind of part of the charm. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I, I, I would have thought. Uh, I knew even asked about this before. Uh, Paddy uh, texted him and said, I would uh, recommend Lupin, which uh, now, and you'll correct me on the pronunciation of that in a minute, uh, on Netflix. <laughs> Very clever, well-written, great fun based around the fictional adventures of a French gentleman thief over a century ago the main character Assan gets revenge for a family injustice with the style of Lupin I think it would be the best Netflix release this year
1: a huge international hit as well I mm. just haven't seen it yet but yeah oh have a, you not right huge okay huge hit.
0: right okay and how would you say his name I would say Fran- Lupin Lupin <laughs> because James speaks the French James Dempsey thanks a, <laughs> a million Merci. once again you are listening to the Moncrief Show on Newstalk Moncrief on Newstalk
1: brought to you by Avant Money Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.